A lot of people in the world today hear about Jesus. They know about Jesus intellectually, but they've never met him. Hi, welcome to the Pastor Scott Huffman podcast from Lighthouse Church in Irvine, California. Pastor Scott is continuing his series on faith. Our deepest desire is to know him and to make him known. We want you all to experience a real and tangible relationship with Jesus. We've got a great message for you today titled Jesus Required Believing Faith. Pastor Scott is going to take you through some great examples in the Bible. Uh, Let's take our Bibles and turn to Matthew chapter 19, verse 26, please. But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible. So all things are possible to those who believe. Praise God. You know, we've been teaching on faith in our church and over the Internet. Faith is the most important virtue or spiritual practice in your life, other than what? Any guesses? What's greater than faith? Love. (laughs) Now abides faith, hope, and love. The greatest of these is love. But we're centering in on faith and how important that is. We encourage you to grow in faith. The Bible says we can grow exceedingly in our faith as believers in Christ. But how do we get faith? Let's look at Romans 10, 17. So then faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So how do we get faith, guys? By hearing. By hearing and hearing and hearing the word of God until it becomes like a seed and begins to produce uh, results in our lives. Faith will bring about positive changes in your life as you receive the word of God on a daily basis. It leads you to victory, success, health, prosperity, and blessing as you serve God in his kingdom. Let's look at 1 John 5, 4. For whatever is born of God overcomes the world, and this is the victory that has overcome the world, our faith. And who are those that are born of God? Believers in Jesus Christ. Those that have been born again, as I was at a balmy night in Palm Springs, California, at age 14. We just got back from Palm Springs. It was good to be back there. But we all must come to Christ, and when we do, we receive the gift of faith. And that faith is the victory that dwells inside you as a believer. Faith is the doorway or pathway that leads us to victory, success, purpose, and fulfillment in every facet of life. Let's look at John 10.10. The thief does not come to except to kill, destroy, and steal. But I came. That they might have life, and they might have it more abundantly. But I came that you might have life, and that you might have it to the fullest extent. That's why Jesus came. He came for three major purposes. He came to give us spiritual life. He came to die for us on the cross, to give his life a ransom for many. And the third one that many people miss, he came to destroy the works of the devil. And the works of the devil are sickness, disease, poverty, uh, the curse of sin, and so forth, and, and eternal death. And he came to set us free from those uh, workings of the enemy, works of darkness. And we as believers can break the power of Satan over people's lives and turn them from darkness unto life. Praise God. Faith turns the lost sinner, as we've all been at one point, to Jesus Christ and brings us into the kingdom of God to receive the Lord's forgiveness and the power of grace. Faith bestows supernatural gifts of blessing upon Christ's church. So how do we describe faith? That's a good question. Simply put, faith is supernatural information that comes from the Lord. As we receive this information, we're to act upon it to receive his blessing and purpose in our lives. This information enables you to know in advance what God's going to do in the future in your life and give you a course of action. See, a lot of people 
don't have a course of action in their lives. They don't know where they're going. They don't know where they've been, and they don't know where they're going. God wants to take you to a specific place in time, and faith will lead you there. You know, from a grammatical point of view, speaking of grammar, faith is a noun. It's information, but belief is a verb. It's action or something you do. It's very important that we understand the distinction between faith and belief, because a lot of people never move beyond belief intellectually and begin to act upon their faith. They don't understand how to do that and to receive from God. Now, today I want to talk about the fact Jesus required believing faith, not just intellectual faith, in order to receive the blessings and the fullness of his kingdom. We all know Jesus did amazing, incredible miracles. But there's one thing that many people miss in the miracles that Jesus performed. He always required the recipient to act upon his or her faith. Faith requires action to receive. Everybody say that. Faith requires action to receive. Jesus never turned any way from receiving healing and his miracle touch, but he required some form of action. Let's turn to the Gospel of Mark, chapter 5, verse 25. Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things for many fi- many physicians. Let's stop there. You know, here's this poor woman who had suffered over 12 years from a medical condition that would eventually take her life. And the doctors couldn't help her. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes the doctors can't save you. Uh, med- medicine is fantastic and does amazing things. But ultimately, it comes down to God. Amen? Amen. And so we see here this woman was desperate. And many times in our life we find ourselves in desperate situations. But she had heard. Did you read that? Read that, Casey. When she heard about Jesus, she she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. All right. See, that's the first thing you need to do is hear about Jesus. And how do you hear about Jesus? Through the Bible, through the word of God, through the message of the gospel. And so she had heard about Jesus, but she had never, what, met Jesus. Jesus. A lot of people in the world today hear about Jesus. They know about Jesus intellectually, but they've never met him. In 1972, I had a firsthand encounter with the Lord. I met the Lord Jesus. He became my personal friend and my Lord and Savior, and my life forever changed. I hope today you've received Christ in your life. Okay, Casey, continue. Yeah, immediately the foundation. Oh, let's stop. Excuse me. But she said... To herself, sometimes you have to talk to yourself. Yeah. If I do what, Casey? If only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. She had this idea that if I could just touch the hem of his garment. Where's the hem of a garment, Marilyn? The very bottom. If I could just touch the hem, healing would be released and I would be made whole. Where do you think she came up with that idea? God had to come from God, right? <laughs> she knew instinctively if I could just touch even his garment. I would rather touch literally touch Jesus. But if I could just get a hold of the hem of his garment, I would be made whole. Notice she said that. She spoke out words of faith. And it went along and coincided with her belief that Jesus could and would heal her. Okay, Casey. And immediately the foundation of her blood was dried up and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. That's what you call a miracle. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes medical science don't know how to explain a miracle. But here... The, the foundation of that blood condition was dried up, hallelujah, and was removed. But here's the funny part. Go ahead and read, Casey. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out Stop. of him. Okay, what does that mean? A lot of people go right by that. What, did it mean? what does it mean he knew that power had gone out of him? Anybody? Kelly? Something. Kelly? He felt what? 
supernatural healing, anointing power flow out of his body. Okay? You say, well, that was just Jesus. Guys, it still works today. When we pray for the sick, we feel supernatural power flowing from God through us into other people as we pray for the sick. Mm -hmm. It's supernatural. It happened with Jesus, and it still happens today. Okay, Casey. He turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But the disciples said to him, You see this multiple thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? Stop there. So this is the funny part. There are hundreds of people pressing and touching and reaching out for Jesus. And everybody probably was touching him. And he says to his disciples, who touched me? And the disciples say, Jesus, what are you talking about? Everybody's touching you, Jesus. He said, now, somebody touched me with the touch of what, guys? Faith. And that made all the difference. I felt power flow out of my body. See, when you reach out in faith, you connect with God, and you connect with him supernaturally, and now you're set to receive his healing touch and his blessing in your life. Okay, Casey. I like this part. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth and said to her, and he said to her, daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. Yeah. So here it is. She touches the hem of his garment. Yeah. Jesus feels power release from his body into the woman. Mm -hmm. She knows she's been healed. Mm -hmm. And she trembling says, Lord, it was me. Mm -hmm. I touched you. And Jesus said, now get this. Not my faith. What? Your, Come on, guys. Your faith, your faith yeah. has made you whole. See, Jesus healed her, but he required her faith to receive that blessing and that healing. Praise God. Okay. All right, let's move on. What verse are we on? Um, I'm on 35. Okay, go While on. he was still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, Your daughter, oh, your daughter is um, dead. Why trouble the teacher any further? Okay, so here we have uh, Jairus who was a ruler of the synagogue, he was a Jewish man, and his daughter was gravely ill. And he had come prior to this incident with the woman and Jesus. And he, he said to Jesus, come heal my daughter. She's on the brink of death. Like I said, many people are in desperate situations. And when you're in a desperate situa situation, you need to call on the name of the Lord. Amen? Yeah. Because he's your deliverer, he's your healer. He's the only one that can help you. Well, in the in the process of going to Jairus's daughter, Jesus met this little woman. See, so as you're moving through life, you never know when you might bump into Jesus and his power in your life. Amen. So now we move the story to Jairus's daughter. Go ahead. Read that verse again. Okay. While he was um, still speaking, some came from the ruler of the synagogue's house who said, your daughter is dead. Why trouble the t teacher any further? Okay. So they've given the bad news. Sometimes, you know, you get bad reports, yeah. a report of doubt and unbelief and death. That's exactly, it's too late. Mm -hmm. Your healer didn't make it. She's died. Why bother yourself? You know? How many times do you hear people talk that way? And it really bums you out. You know, death and life are in the power of the tongue. And people can destroy people with their negative speech. Okay, Casey. As soon as Jesus heard the word that was spoken, he said to the ruler of the synagogue, do not be afraid, only believe. So here comes the requirement, okay? Jesus knows he's going to raise her from the dead, but nobody else knows that. They all think she's dead. And by the way, guys, when you die, it's over, right? <laughs> but Jesus knew he was going to awaken her out of sleep, so to speak, and raise her from the dead. But he required something from Jairus, this ruler of the Jew and Jews. And what did he require of him? To believe. He required faith. Yeah. He required to believe. And one more thing. Come on, let me hear it. 
Go ahead. He had to speak it out and believe and act upon it. He was it. not to do what? Fear. Oh, Be afraid. Yeah. You see, fear dominates the world. And Jesus knew faith would not operate in the presence of fear. So he said, don't be afraid, but only believe. And if you do that, you believe in your heart, it will come to pass just as you believed. Yeah. Okay, Casey. Do you want me to drop down to 41? Sure. And then he took the child by the hand and said to her, Telitha, um, I think, Kumi, Kumi, which is translated. Kumi, yeah. Yeah, which is translated, little girl, I say to you. Daughter now. arise. Yeah, daughter arise. Immediately the girl arose and walked, for she was 12 years of age, and they were all overcome with great amazement. Wow. He called her back from the dead. <laughs> he, he called her back from the throes of death, and she was alive again. And he said, arise. Yeah. And this little child at 12 years old became alive again. What a powerful and amazing miracle now let's take a look at john uh chapter 9 marilyn and mm -hmm. let's get your mic over there because i don't think everybody can hear you there we go okay mm -hmm. first one now as jesus passed by he saw a man who was blind from birth and his disciples asked him saying rabbi who sinned this man or his parents that he was born blind stop there have you ever asked that question in life when you see somebody sick or you hear of some tragedy Whose sin was it? Was it that person's sin? Or was his parents' sin? Or was it somebody else's sin? And we all many times begin to uh, pile up judgment on people uh, that have tragedies in their life. And we tend to point the finger, they must have done something real bad, right? And it's their sin, or their parents did something bad. And uh, that's why this man, in this case, was born blind. Go ahead, Marilyn. Jesus answered, neither this man nor his parents sinned. Stop. But okay. What did Jesus say? Come on, guys. Answer it. Who sinned? No one. No, no one sinned. Yeah. The parents didn't sin. The blind man didn't sin. But he was born this way. And why was he born this way, Casey? So he could um, the work, show the works of God. So God would demonstrate his glory and his power in this miraculous event. Okay. Marilyn, go ahead. I must work the works of him who sent me while it is this day. This night is coming when no one can work. As long as I am on the, in the world, I am the light of the world. You know, Jesus, we, we see Jesus as a preacher and as a teacher and as a prophet. But sometimes we don't see him as a miracle worker. Do you know what the first miracle Jesus ever performed was? He turned water into wine, which is symbolic of turning our mourning and our depression into joy. And praise unto God. And so Jesus is a miracle worker. He still is today. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. And wherever Jesus goes, he wants to perform miracles, but he requires what? That we believe, that we act upon our faith. Okay, Marilyn, continue. When he had said these things, he spat on the ground and made clay with the saliva. Now that's weird. That is really weird. Jesus spits on the ground. He's not at a baseball game. Yeah. <laughs> he spits on the ground. He makes a little clay, right? Mm -hmm. What does the Bible call it? Um, ground made with spittle. Clay. Calls yeah. it a spittle. <laughs> and he takes that mixture and does what with it? He mixed it with his saliva. Yes. And he anointed the eyes of the blind wait, man wait, wait, with wait, the wait, clay. Wait. What did he really do? What did he do with that mud? He, put he it wiped it on his eyes. This guy is blind, and he's wiping mud on his eyes, okay? Here's mud to you in your eye. <laughs> and everybody's going, that guy's whacked. What the heck is he doing? He's wiping mud on his eyes. That's not going to work, right? And he said to him, go wash in the pool of Siloam. Which now, stop is there. 
He puts mud on the blind man's eyes. What do you think the blind man was thinking? Weirdorama. Okay. And when he put the mud on the eyes, do you think the blind man could see? No. No. And he goes, didn't work. (laughs) The mud's there. I still can't see. But Jesus had a requirement. He had to act on his faith. What did Jesus say to him? Go wash. Go wash where? In the pool. In the pool. And when you wash, you'll see the miracle. Let me ask you a question, a theological question. If he hadn't gone and washed, would he have received his sight? Absolutely not. He had to act on his faith. He went and washed. Go ahead and read. So he went and washed and came back seeing. (laughs) Came back seeing, by the way. (laughs) I was blind. Now I see. That's all I know. Can you imagine if you've been blind your whole life and all of a sudden you can see? But you'd freak out. What the heck? What is this? It would probably scare you for a minute, right? You'd felt stuff, but now you're seeing it for the first hand. And people told you about it. Now you're actually seeing it. A mighty miracle. Okay, Marilyn, keep reading. Therefore, the neighbors and those who previously had seen that he was blind said, Is this not he who sat and begged? And some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. And he said, I am he. (laughs) Looks like the dude, but it's not really him. Yes, it is him. And Jesus restored his eyesight. And he was blind, and now he could see. Amen. Thank you for listening to Pastor Scott from Lighthouse Church. You can visit our website at irvinelighthouse.org. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Irvine, California. You can also watch us live on Facebook or Instagram. Blessings to you, and we'll see you next week. <laughs>